This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, it's Kyle Trainer, and I want to welcome you guys back to another episode of the Pivotal Conversations podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of my podcast with Braden Cook. We continue our conversation about the importance of personal wealth and especially in a time that we are facing right now where the coronavirus pandemic is absolutely gripping us and especially as business owners, like right now fear is setting in and A little bit about what this podcast episode is going to deliver to you is how you can make money work for you. So it's an insight into the mind of Braden, who is an investor and has basically built the skills that's allowed him to retire at such a young age. But it's also, we dive deep into um, the mindset that can come with money and that's both positive or negative and how your relationship with money really affects personal wealth. So obviously, it's a really, really touchy subject right now, but I think it's one that is going to deliver a lot of value to a lot of people. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. But before we jump into the episode, what I want to do is bring some light to some of my thoughts on the ongoing coronavirus pandemic and how it's affecting business owners right now. Right now is an extremely tough and vulnerable time for all business owners around the world. Without a doubt, there are many that are currently affected and this is going to continue for, some, for quite some time. But there is something that I think needs to be talked about right now. And the problem right now is not the fact that the pandemic is crippling your business. And I want to make that clear. And I'm not saying this from a cocky or, or arrogant place. It's that you weren't set up for something like this to sweep. You weren't set up for something like this to sweep society. Many business coaches right now are sweeping through with tools, kits, and many other resources to help business owners avoid closure and maintenance some type of an income. And although this is great and we are doing this too, unfortunately, it's only a band-aid that's covering the real cause of heartache right now. The majority of businesses simply weren't prepared for the economical hurricane that is the coronavirus. Businesses are lacking what I call steel in the walls. And steel in the walls is something that I come up with because if you actually think about it, and there's quite a, it's quite a popular metaphor, if a hurricane sweeps, some houses are going to blow over, some houses are going to stand up. Now, what makes a business stand up in a time like this is the foundations that create a strong business. And those foundations are positive cash flow, efficiency, and branding. Now, the reason that these are so important, cash flow, you should have a safety net at all times. You should have a war chest. At the end of the day, cash is king. Why? Because it's a runway. If something goes wrong and you've got a lot of cash in the bank, which comes from having positive cash flow, if something goes wrong, you're ready and you don't panic and you have the most important asset that you'll ever have in business, you've got time. If you've got time, that means less irrational decisions, more rational decisions and that means that you not only can you, um, in a period like this, will you... Um, be panicking and be you know riddled with fear but you'll actually be able to innovate you'll actually be able to be creative and actually use this 
as a, as a great opportunity for your business. Efficiency. More now than ever, we should be making decisions on, based on data. Instead of being intuitive and relying on emotion for, to get us out of situations like this, we should be using data to make absolutely quantified decisions that allow us to be accurate. And branding. Branding right now, if you have a strong brand, I guarantee you, you are not worried because people are turning to you. Branding also, the, the, a consequence of very, very good branding is culture. And right now, culture is one of the things that's going to make help, especially gym owners. Gym owners, PTs, physios, any of this, if you have a really strong culture amongst your clients, right now, it's standing up. Right now, you'll be reaping the rewards from it. Now, I truly believe that these three elements are the key, are the foundational keys to a successful business. Obviously, there's a lot of other elements that go into this, but I believe if you get those three things right, your business will stand up for eternity and it'll create the platform you need to grow your business successfully. Now, the reason I'm telling you guys this is because I want this to be out there. Like this is something that we've been working on for about six months and we haven't put it out there yet. And as soon as the coronavirus and really when it started to heat up over here in Australia, it was to me, it was like, okay, we went into defense mode. We wanted to help our clients. And, and I just want to say a big shout out to all of the mastery members right now because they're all crushing it. They're all standing up. The the culture that we have in there and the, just the attitudes that they have, it's just simply amazing. Like I was quite overwhelmed with it. But I think it's and, – and like I, I can guarantee you that the reason that all of these guys are absolutely thriving right now is because they're some of the three – like three of those three foundations are things that we teach at the start and we make sure that every single one of the mastery members implements it. And so next week we're going to be launching three bonus episodes of this podcast – and we're going to be covering all three of those foundational um, aspects of business. And we're going to have some very, very special guests in to actually discuss those elements. Um, some of those guests are the likes of Jordan Shallow, Jamie Smith, Will Wang, Charlie Valor, uh, Terry Condon. Um, and what we're going to be talking about in each podcast is the importance behind each of these elements in business. And each one of those guests has implemented this to such a large level that I can almost guarantee right now they're not seeing any effect that the coronavirus is having on their business. And I really want you guys to, to pay attention to this and take so much out of this because I just think that it will help you right now. But more importantly, if something like this happens again, and it's almost inevitable in the society we live in, I really want you guys to be ready. I don't want you to have to stick a Band-Aid on. I don't want you to have to panic. I don't want you to have to be running around like a headless chalk. I want you guys to be able to go, okay, well, this is a massive opportunity for us. Next time something like this happens where there's a massive crisis, your business will be standing up, it will hardly be affected, and then that means that you get to take the most and take advantage of the opportunity that unfortunately – that, that, that's the reality of business right now is that I am completely, I feel I, I want to help every single business owner I can right now. And it's so unfortunate that this is happening. But at the end of the day, the way the world works is that there's going to be an opportunity for growth out there for businesses right now. And you'd be silly not to take it. All right. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we're going to be dropping them next week. They're going to be video, video episodes and, um, 
we're going to, as I said, I think it's going to be some some very, very large lessons for, for many businesses out there, but we definitely want you to use this, take notes. Um, but more importantly, today's episode, episode two, personal wealth with Braden Cook, continuing our conversation about building personal wealth. And especially right now, um, you know, this is a time when something, this, this topic's really going to matter to many individuals out there. Um, so we hope you enjoy it. We hope you learn a lot. And as always, if you if you think this is going to be beneficial to other business owners, to other people, to anyone in general, um, we appreciate all your support. Give it a share and I'll see you on the other side. And it's good to be able to think about um, the, uh, the emotions that we're feeling at the time as well. You know, so often business owners, like one of the things that they feel is fear. You know, when, when you're starting up a business or you're trying to scale or you're trying to I don't know, convert a lead or something. Uh, a lot of the time there's fear involved in that, but you need to be asking yourself, like, why, what, what is the underlying factor behind that fear that's causing me to, to sort of shut up shop? It might be that you're insecure. It might be that um, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. But then also with that fear comes um, the feeling of joy as well, you know, because uh, if you're able to pull it off, uh, a lot of that time, like you've got different, like you've got excitement behind it. So those two feelings can be, um, like they can be connected in a way. And you need to focus on that positive, you know. And if you're not going to, if you're not going to challenge yourself and try, and, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone as well. He's someone who just sort of says it how it is, and he doesn't care what people think of him. But he. His 10x rule, one of the big ones is, like, set your goals 10 times higher than what they currently are. Um, I, I've always had big goals. And a lot of people have always said to me, like, keep them realistic, you know? But I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm going to set it up here. And I- even if I don't reach it, um, I, I was striving for that anyway. If I'm just a little bit below it, I've still exceeded my expectations. So I'm a big believer, just set your goals as high as you possibly could get them. Um, and then uh, form your routine, form your decision-making around that, and you're going you're gonna to be successful in, in that way. I think the missing link that most people have with that, and it comes back to what you said before as well as with fear, mm. is the purpose. So it's like people set big goals without a meaning mm. and a purpose, and all achievement is bound by... Um, meaning and purpose yeah. it's like unless like you got to look at what the the first thing that you need to have in when it when making a decision in business or making a decision to to achieve something it's tenacity mm. why is it tenacity because fear will grip you mm. the vulnerability will grip you but the vulnerability is where you tr- find your true strength mm. so while you're going into this transition into vulnerability right unless you have tenacity which is created by the purpose that is attached to your goal mm. there is no way that you can get through that that wall and that wall or on the other side of that wall is where you start to experience and grow as an individual Mm. which leads you to the path of your goal Mm. so it's getting through that wall which is done through tenacity that allows you to do that but the problem is is most people think goal setting is bullshit most people don't goal setting is what changed my life happiness attached to goal setting Mm. most people set goals because they get told it's good to set goals Mm. most people don't set goals because they don't like they're not visualizing what's going to bring them that happiness Mm. like i say it regularly everyone's going to get sick of hearing this on the podcast my goal is to be the best (laughs) dad in the world yeah right i'm not even a dad yet Mm. but it gives me meaning it does it gives me meaning that means that guess what when i reach the wall 
I'm fucking karate kicking the thing down. And That's the reason it. I'm doing it is because it, it's like, well, what would what, what do I want to tell my kids? Hmm. It's like, do I want to tell my kids that, you know, where you know, I didn't really have a crack in life, I didn't I didn't really try to achieve my goals, that it's okay to be mediocre? Mm. It's like, fuck no. You're setting them to fail. And it's like, but guess what? It's like the meaning allows me to get through that. Mm. It gives me the tenacity to make the decision. And then guess what? Humans, there's a reason we are where we are right now because we're the best at surviving. Mm. It's like you put yourself in a situation where you need to grow to survive and you surround yourself with the right people, mm. you will grow. You will eventually be successful, right? But the problem is, is that most people aren't attaching happiness to their goal setting. So then when they get to the wall, they're turning around and heading back home. Mm. And then guess what? They come back again four years later and they try again and they're still not attaching meaning. And this is where the same people end up giving up and they get to 60 or 70 or 80 years old and they're like, where the fuck did my life go? Now, a lot of people who set goals as well, they'll sort of set their goals they don't, they sort of half-ass it. They don't, like, put some time into it. Like, really have a think about what it is that you want from your life. Yeah, three or four hours every you, week. That's it. And if you then do that, a lot of people then put it to the side. So, and then they don't achieve anything. They don't achieve those goals. And a couple of years fly by and they're like, why haven't I, why aren't I happy? You know, why haven't I, um, like, why haven't I ticked off all of these goals yet? You need to form a routine and you need to uh, find a way to make consistent action towards those goals because if you don't they're just going to sit there and you'll never achieve what it is that you want to do uh, and goal change like your goal setting will change as all well all the time always mine mine has changed since when i first started doing it. and i started properly goal setting when i was about 22 because mm. a mentor told me to do it because I was, I, was had, I was catching up with her and she was like, so what it is that you want from your life? And at the time I was just like, I don't know, I, I want to get promoted, like keep working my way up and eventually I'll be CEO one day. And it wasn't until we started looking into my goals and she realized that I've got these different business ideas and that sort of thing. I should be chasing them full on and then I can become a CEO overnight. I can be my own boss. And uh, my, my mentor actually, uh, I think I met up with her in September with my first business idea. And we, um, the moment I stepped into that meeting, she said, why haven't you quit your job yet? I was like, what do you mean, why haven't I quit my job? I think I was 23 or something at the time and I was working for the bank down here in Docklands. And I was like, what do you mean, I've got bills to pay. Um, I've got different expenses. I can't just go back and live back home because um, my home's up on the Gold Coast. I was living down here in Melbourne. And she was like, no, we're like, you're not leaving this meeting until you set a date. And so I was going to Germany to finish off my uni studies. And I said, okay, I'll quit the week after. And that's what I did. I sort of just jumped off the cliff and away I went. Uh, but the whole time I was still focused on making sure that I was paying myself first so always got to pay yourself first and put that money to use. Anytime I've got cash in the bank, I'm straight away thinking like, this is shit. Well, let, like, I want to give the guys a bit of an insight mm. into what you currently do and yeah. what, 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 like how you've gotten there as well. So mm. like, let's let it roll on from there. Okay. So from there, yeah, I started a business and any sort of income that I had coming in, um, I was, and I, I reduced all of my expenses to the bare minimum. Um, and every single time um, pay came into my bank account, 
I would transfer it into my investment account and I'd just continue from there. And uh, at the time, I was earning about $1,000 a week. And so I would make sure that $400 was going into my investment account and the rest would pay for my life. And then I think an, an additional like $100 or something was going into my emergency fund, mm. which now I think is complete bullshit. Don't need an emergency fund. Focus your efforts on things that will make you cash flow and you'll never have to worry about money again. Um, so yeah, I was, I was accumulating that money and then every month I'd invest that money into a different company. And I did it religiously. Because I, I, firstly, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh, and I have a knack for it as well. But like when you see that money compounding over time, and it wasn't until I had a decent amount saved up in my, in my portfolio that it really started to snowball. And instead of your portfolio um, sort of rolling on from like 1% to 2%, it was going from 1% to 5%, 5% to 9%. And it just continued on that way. And then eventually it just grew and grew and grew. Um, had dividends coming in. I was just reinvesting those dividends. Um, and yeah, it just, it just blew up from there to the point where I was then able to um, basically retire at 26. I didn't have to work. And now it's given me the freedom to focus on different activities because uh, now I'm trying to diversify and now I'm trying to have 10 different sources of income. That's my, that's my new goal. Um, and uh, from there, I just want to keep bringing in different cash flows so that I can sort of just do whatever it is that I want. I'm at a point where I can do that, but well, I also... It's, it's giving you choices to... to like it's, it's like... The point of leverage will directly dictate what the path of least resistance is for you, mm -hmm. which means the path of least resistance isn't about ease, it's about fulfillment, mm -hmm. right? So it's like... Well, I, since when I retired, I went traveling. I went through... When I retired. <laughs> Fuck when you, man. I retired. That's so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I went traveling because um, I made that sacrifice because I've traveled my whole life. I grew up mostly overseas through mum's job. Uh, but when I was working, it was something that I didn't prioritize because I had a goal and that goal was to be financially free. I wanted to buy my mum a house, um, because she sacrificed a lot for my sister and I. Um, and so that really was the thing that, that, that got me to, to really get the ball rolling. Uh, but when I did retire and, and I started traveling and whatnot, um, it was all great. But then when I returned to Australia, I, I, I sort of lacked something in my life. And that was purpose. It was um, something to sort of work towards. And so I had to sit down and goal set again. Um, and that's now what's allowed me to focus on these different things that I've got going on behind the scenes um, to sort of build out my cash flow even further. Mm. And what does that mean for you now? What do you mean? Well, like, is it, so for instance, you're trying to diversify, like how much flexibility do you have there? And, and kind of, you know, I guess the thing I'm trying to get at, right, is like, mm. there's a big lesson to be learned here for business owners in general is that personal wealth and looking after not only the money in your business, but the money outside of your mm. business gives you a lot of choices. Mm. It allows you to maybe diversify what you do with it. And, mm. um, you know, like I, it's- Well, I've taken away that headache of always having to worry about like, where's my next, like paycheck coming from mm. you know i've i've got consistent money coming in all the time now so mm. i i really don't have to worry about it um but when i was working i was always stressed i was always stressed about where the next 
pay was coming from. I didn't know if it was going to uh, increase. I didn't know if it was going to decrease. I didn't know if it was going to be there six months time from now. Um, and so that's why I made it a priority to continue to pay myself outside of the business um, because I knew that then I'd have this nest egg uh, separate from the business in case the business did falter um, because a lot of the times they do, mm. you know, and motivations can, um, can start to uh, slack off as well and there might be moments where you're not doing as well. If, you're not, if you don't have that system in place, it's so dependent on your time. Um, and so that's, that's the sort of freedom that I'm now um, enjoying, is that I can now spend all of my time focusing on these different initiatives to bring in further money for myself, but I don't have to worry about going and finding a job. And what is something like, so what about like personal wealth and diversifying there? And like, what is something like a, a passive income, right? Where you've got someone who's running a business um, and, you know, they're trying to grow that, but then, you know, a passive income outside of that business where, you know, maybe they're investing in shares or it could be property. It mm -hmm. could be kind of whatever that is, is that, um, how do people start to create that relationship where they with money inside their personal account because i know that like a lot of people they're so obsessed with saving money mm. and like one thing that i heard that kind of rocked me about that was the whole inflation thing it's like mm. you know most banks will give you what two and a half percent or something not even that at not the even moment. that yeah. so then it's like inflation goes up on average per year by three percent so yeah. it's like if you've got money sitting in the bank you're losing money mm. you're losing money and that money's not doing anything for you um, like I know people who have tens of thousands of dollars sitting in their bank account not doing anything for them. It's earning 1.5% interest. And like that's not, like you're not going to get wealthy that way. You're not going to have the freedom to do what it is that you want to be able to do, whether that be travel to live in your dream home, to buy your dream car. You need to get that money working for you. And in order to do that, you need to start educating yourself. Start learning about money. Start realizing that money can work for you instead. My money works for me 24-7. And that allows me to, to not have to work, you know? I can just go and sit at the beach all day. I can book a flight. Don't act like you go to the <laughs> beach, mate. You sit by the pool. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, but I can book a flight tomorrow to anywhere in the world if I wanted to. And I can go on holiday for months at a time. How much do you think the... Um the mindset with money plays a role in that because most people will, will say that it's not possible and most people that's will because say they've got a bad relationship with money and most people money is one of the most emotional topics that we can talk about so many people don't like to talk about their their personal financial situation you know um and i get it because that's how we were all raised you know um I was lucky in the fact that my granddad sort of taught me to, uh, to work hard, um, to, to build up money to be able to then pay for it um, with that money rather than paying for it straight up through a credit card or through a personal loan or something like that. Um, but you need to learn to be able to detach your decision making from money. And so for me, a, a big learning curve when I first started investing is I actually lost quite a bit of money on different um, investments that I made. My first share that I actually ever bought was Santos, which is an oil exploration company here in Australia. And I lost the majority of it. Um, 
because I didn't understand investing. I thought, like, at the time, I thought it was just going to continue to go up. Um, I didn't cut my losses, and I made that decision um, to remain invested, and it just sort of went from there. But I always tell people now who come to me um, for advice on where to start for investments and that sort of thing, um, in order to make money, you kind of need to lose money in the beginning because that'll allow you to fine-tune your decision-making. It'll allow you to sort of detach that emotional thinking behind that decision uh, and to make it a more rational one. Start to look at the underlying business, and you do this by learning. Learn how to read a balance sheet. Learn how to read an income statement. Get financially literate. Like, it's so crucial. Learn to how to do your own taxes. Like, it'll change your life. It really will. And it'll give you that better relationship with money. And if you start to, um, to really invest your time into something like this, instead of sitting there watching Netflix at night, spend an hour learning about how to invest in real estate. Mm. Learn about an offset account. So true, man. Like, since investing in shares and stuff, like, I mean, obviously, I've, when I'm investing my money somewhere, it's forcing me to kind of want to learn about it. But... You know, now now even I'm dedicating an hour a day just to reading some articles. You hit me up all the time. Yeah. And like, I love it. Because yeah. you, you never used to no. about different investments and that sort of thing. Whereas now, like, you'll hit me up almost on the daily. Yeah. And just ask me different questions. Um, always ask me, like, should I invest in this company? When should I invest in this company? Um, and why? Like Why? Yeah. And that's a big underlying factor is why. Like, you'll come to me with a decision and... Or with a with a share investment, and I'll say like, why do you want to invest in it? Um, what's the underlying reason that you want to invest in this company? Like, what is it that you see um, within this company that you think is going to make it a great business in the future? And that then allows you to to go off and do your own research. Um, and one thing that you do come to me a lot about is the actual price of the investment. Um, and so for people who come to me with that advice as well, um, is I say just invest a small amount and then next month invest a small amount again and continue to do that because dollar cost averaging will always bring down your initial price and it's a way to manage your risk as well. Rather than investing 10 grand straight away, do it in small doses over the long term and don't focus on the small little uh, changes in share price through the course of a year because if you're investing in a good company and you think it's at a decent price, in the long run, you're going to be well and truly like paid for it in the long run. It's and yeah, I think, man, that relationship with money stuff is just so pivotal, uh, and it's so deeply ingrained in us, though. Yeah. Um, and that's a sad thing about the sort of ecosystem that we're living in at the moment. Like, everyone just has such a bad um, taste in their mouth when they think about money. Especially like out the younger generation, considering that property is so expensive, um, and those sort of things. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that hard. You just need to learn how to um, make that money work for you, and then that will allow you to be able to buy the properties and that sort of thing that you want to be able to have. Um, and a lot of people, one thing that the barefoot investor really like ticks me off about uh, is the fact that he says to try and pay off your house as soon as you possibly can. Like, put all your money towards paying off your house. I disagree. I say continue to pay 
what you usually pay on the monthly repayments, build up a, a share portfolio or an investment portfolio on the side because the power of compounding will allow that to grow to a point where if you pay off that house sooner and start investing then, you will have nowhere near as much as that person who started making contributions from day dot while also paying off their house over the 30-year period. Over that 30-year period, if you invest, I, don't, I haven't done like the numbers or anything like that, but if you invest, say, I don't know, an additional $1,000 a month into the stock market, from that initial point when you buy your house, that will accumulate and, and snowball to a point where you've probably got $300,000 invested already. Whereas if you start at, say, year 20, when you've now paid off your house, that 10 years you might only have, I don't know, 120,000. That's the difference. Mm. And it's all about starting young. If you start now, start learning straight away, um, that, that's just going to snowball to the point where you've got like a war chest, per se. I think there's a big like, um, I think people think you have to be an expert. Like I think that's the biggest thing is like when you start, when you look at investing, like I, I literally talk to people, man, and like I'm telling them how I've kind of got this interest in it now mm. and I'm just dabbling a bit and they're like, oh, I don't know anything about it, man. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, neither do I. Mm. Like it's like, but I'm learning and it's a that's skill it. it's, and it's, it's like. It's something that you're going to continue. I'm still learning and I've got 12 years experience. Like I'm still a junior when it comes to this world. Like there's but, people out there that I know who have $100 million to their name they're still learning and I'm still getting advice from them, you know, because it's, not, it's never going to be something that... Um, mastery. You're, yeah, it's probably never going to be mastery. Even Warren Buffett, like well, he's mastery, still Mastery learning. can never be achieved. Mm. Like mastery is this continuous, relentless, unconditional um, love for learning, mm. right? It's like, you know, doing things for the experience and not for the outcome. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, there's a bit of both. I like to do both. But it's yeah. like the reality of it is, is that I think the thing that holds most people back, right, is that relationship with money is that when most people, that they've got this thing that's like, yeah, giving when, when you, when you, give your money to something they're not looking at as an investment they're not looking at how that what the return is going to be and that then affects their decisions they're only looking at money going out as an expense Mm. and it's like that's the difference Mm. is that you know not only now is it like it it makes me think about where i want to put my money and how rationally i need to think about this um from investing to Mm. my in my business or having you know money comes out of my business i get paid a wage Mm. it's like well what am i doing with the money that i get paid a wage it's also like people work so hard for their money. So I understand why um, they don't want to risk it. You know, like it, they can see it there in their bank account. What's it's the advice safe. you have for that person? Because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. What's mm. the advice you give them? For that person who is... They work hard for their money. For They're their working money hard for their business right mm. now. They're clawing for every inch. Yeah. And... You know, they might have a bit of money left over and it's like what are they doing with that money mm. and you know what, what are they doing with it are they investing have, it in a, in a in a business coach are they investing it in shares are they investing it in xyz what's your advice find, for that person? find whatever is comfortable for you find like something that you find interesting whether that be property whether that be um shares it could be bonds i wouldn't wouldn't specifically go for bonds at the moment um it could be your business, keep funneling money into your business. Um, but you need to have it start working for you because if you hate your job, like you're never going to find financial um, independence or freedom from working a nine to five. 
uh, and the only way for you to to go out and live your dreams is to to change that relationship that you've got with the money and allow it to work for you because once it starts working for you the game changes uh, and it's just a constant um, snowball like there's just constant money coming in if you get it to work for you and that's what allows you to sort of step away from the job that you're doing and that will allow you to go off and travel go and backpack through Europe if you wanted to do it start up that business you've always wanted to start because it becomes less risky because now you don't have to worry about that money mm. you know everyone a lot of people working on a side hustle to to put more money into the bank Get that money to start working for you and that will allow you to leave that main job and then maybe you can turn that side hustle into your business. It's, you it's, it's, it's critical, man. Like I think, I know it's definitely changed my business for the better. It's changed my life for the better. Like, yeah. But what, what made you get into it? Like you started off as a PT, then you started up Elite Vitality and you've been obviously growing that. But what's changed you? What's changed your mindset to, to focus on investments and, and protect the thing that you're building i think education like was the initial thing but it was but did someone someone sort of get you into it? i know like when i first met you all those years ago i was talking to you about and it i thought you were like, crazy <laughs> yeah. i was that guy like i yeah. and that's that's what i want to get across here is that, that you know I, I wasn't always someone who thought about business this way i was the person who turned to Braden and said you're crazy like mm. You know, like it just was so foreign to and me I because was, I had that's ingrained. That's all I was rambling on about yeah, back and, then. Yeah. And it was like I had it ingrained in me, right? This thing mm. that you were talking about. But I think the thing that got me into it was, um, I honestly think it was education. Like I started reading a few books, like Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. some books that he's brought out, and a few other things. And then I started to look into wealth, and th- there seemed to be a common denominator there, and that was to get money to work for you. And I th- honestly, I, I remember listening to something. I can't remember what it was. And when I heard that thing about inflation, mm-hmm. about saving money, mm. I was like, "What the hell?" Like I've been fighting hell for leather to save money. Yeah. And yeah, and you know what the banks it, do with that money? As soon as that, that that money's in their account, they're they're investing it straight away. Because mm. that's, that's how they make their money. They make their money through investments too. Every every business makes money through an Apple. They borrow money. They've got like something like two hundred and sixty billion dollars of of money, like cash. That all that money's invested, mm. and that money's making money for them. And they have to borrow money and go out for private equity and and that sort of thing in order to to drive innovation and and spend money on research and development and these sort of things it's crazy debt can be a good thing yeah it doesn't have to be i have read that i have read that again it's it's all the relationship with money it's like you know we're not and the only way you're going to understand that is if you learn if you learn about it yeah it's honestly the only way you're going to do it but you need to find that motivation and be consistent with it you need to be learning all the time my my most of my days are spent learning that's the thing, and that's why, I, like, same here, man. And like, the yeah. first three hours of every day is yeah, reading is, books. Is you learning? And and you know, it's 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 now turned into two two hours of reading books yeah. and one hour of reading articles I, I on read investments. A, I read a book every two three days mm. on different subjects, but most of the time there's like sort of self improvement, different um, investment opportunities, different um, different things that I I want to try and improve myself on mm, 100% and and doing those courses and stuff that I used to do in in the past like I don't regret them because it has sort of shaped my the the, the way that I look at things 
uh, and it's given me a more well-rounded view of the world as well. I, kn- I know that I could start up an e-commerce store if mm. I wanted to, and I'd, I'd know the different strategies in order to how to make money from those. For sure. You know, it's not, it's not that hard. No. We just need to focus and, and prioritize that learning time. It's such a good conversation um, for people, and I think it's it's gonna it's gonna talk to a lot of people out there as well. And um, we're gonna kind of wrap it up there, man. But okay. it's um we could talk all day about this <laughs> stuff, and that's the that's yeah. the reality of it is that you know we do talk about this stuff all day when we, we catch up. We really do, yeah. um, and, and via text message like constantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's going to be such a good conversation for people to hear because I think it's it can be a missing link for a lot of people, and this is the relationship with money thing, something we're diving into mm. a fair bit lately. So, uh, just want to thank you for coming on, man. It's no it's problem. been a pleasure. I'm no, definitely there. Definitely be a, a second episode to this at some at some point. For um, sure, we'll dive a little bit deeper. Hundred um, percent. 